episode of the Freewheeling Podcast, and today I wanted to talk to someone who races cyclocross, because we're kind of into the cyclocross season, we've been watching some really exciting World Cup races, so I'm here with Katie Compton, the legend. Katie, how's it going? Hey, Abby. Uh, So far, so good. We just got to Belgium, um, been here about a week, and are getting settled. Nice, awesome. And you're headed to the Czech Republic to race. Yes, like technically we should leave um, Friday afternoon. We're gonna do. We're gonna drive. Um, we rented a mobile home for the season, so we'll drive Friday, spend the night someplace, probably in Germany on Friday night, then finish a drive on Saturday, race Sunday, and come home Sunday night. So it's a quick trip, but um, with COVID, we're trying to reduce uh, interacting with anybody. So we figure the mobile home is the safest way, and um, that way we don't have to do go to the grocery store. We just have to get fuel. So. It should be a fairly safe way to get there. Man, that's super smart, actually. So you're just planning on taking <laughs> yeah. the mobile home like to each race and camping out in it at the races? Yes, yes, which is actually pretty fun to do. We did it quite a bit last year and the year before, and like under- now we understand why everybody has mobile homes. It's super convenient um, for cross. And so, yeah, we started doing that, and we really enjoy it. It's, it's a fun camping weekend, and, I mean, the mobile home, it's, it's like a little house on wheels, so it's not like we're, we're missing out on anything besides, like, a, a big hot shower. Other than that, it's, it's pretty co- cozy, I'll say. <laughs> oh, man, I mean, I hope after the, the races I watched last weekend that were just crazy muddy that you find a way to bathe at least a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean the shower's fine, but it's not uh it's it's not like a shower you have at home. Yeah. Um but actually Tobler, the the race venue has they've got hot showers. Nice. Um it's like a it's like a sports kind of uh kind of a sports building, so they've got showers and locker rooms that are clean and nice. So um that's that helps after the race. And I think it's gonna be cold and frozen, so I don't think we're gonna have any mud. Yeah. Yeah, last last yeah. weekend looked just like total chaos the whole time. So yeah, cyclocross. Yeah, <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's that time of year. So the pandemic didn't quite impact your cross calendar as far as European racing. I know, like, pretty much everything in the U.S. is canceled, so that's off the table. But other than the lack of fans on course, what else have you noticed about the change this season because of COVID? Um, it's mostly, well, like obviously the U S season got canceled. Um, and so we didn't do a lot of, uh, races in the U S and there was no traveling all year. Um, Europe, it's mostly, it's just quieter. Um, the races are quieter cause there's no spectators. There's only the elite riders who wouldn't have junior G 23. Um, there's only two races on course. So you got more time to pre-ride. Um, there's more parking. Everything is honestly just easier. And then the crowds are awesome for like the motivation part. But like for the logistical part of just like moving through the venue and getting to inscription and getting to the start line, it's way easier because there's no people. <laughs> it's kind of like a U.S. race where it's it's just super easy to get to and from the start finish um, and then just, you know, maneuver through cr- their lack of crowds. is There's not a lot of maneuvering through crowds. It's, there's not many crowds. So it's it's all just easier for the actual racing part we noticed a ton during the road racing season that everybody was racing kind of like it was the last race on the calendar and it was this crazy every single race was just super aggressive and and people were trying things that they'd never tried before and cross Mm -hmm. is kind of like that all the time but 
during the races, is it a little bit, is there any more tension from the riders? Um, I don't think there's more tension, but there's a lot more riders racing and it's super fast. So it's pretty much chaos from the gun. And then you just, uh, try to, you know, pedal as hard as you can and be as smooth as you can, but, uh, it's just aggressive. Um, I had a really crappy race over the weekend, so I was, uh, a little farther back than I wanted to, um, when I, than I wanted to be. Um, but I did notice that if you haven't been racing, you forget how fast it is. And it takes a few races to remind yourself and to kind of find that speed and that horsepower and just that, that race, uh, race smoothness that comes with doing it. Um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely a little eye opening and like a nice reminder of, of how fast I need to go. Um, but I wouldn't say it's more tense. I just think people are excited to race and they're fast. Yeah. Um, so it's similar stress than it is every year, but just more people. <laughs> more riders. Yeah. And I mean, obviously we talk a ton on this podcast, Lauren and I in the regular, in the other episodes about how different the racing is in Europe versus the U S and I mean, it's the same in cross, right? Yeah, it is. It is pretty similar for cross. Yeah. Do you have any American people that you see over there and you're just like, Oh man, I'm so excited to see you. All of these Belgian riders are nuts. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually like, the cross scene in, in Belgium is similar to the like, cross scene in the U S is it's kind of like a big traveling circus. Nice. Um, everybody's pretty respectful of each other and chatty. And, um, if you can have, if you get a chance to talk to somebody, it's usually pretty quick anyway. Cause it's, uh, it's generally a pretty busy day with like the pre-ride and the, the, the cleanup and the race prep, all that sort of thing. Um, but it's pretty chatty and it's, uh, it's low stress minus a, you know, one minute to start stress. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, everything is super chatty and easy. And, uh, it's kind of nice to see like the other Americans here too. Um, but again, I kind of see them like I see the Belgians too. I'll, I'll, I'll briefly chat to them kind of pre-race or after race, but we're all kind of doing our own thing and staying warm in the camper mm-hmm. <laughs> for the most part. So, uh, it's, it's not a ton of socializing until maybe post-race. Um, For people who kind of don't know a ton about cross, this or people who do mm-hmm. watch a lot of cross this is going to be a stupid question. But for people who don't know a ton about cross, how important, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> basically me, how important is the start <laughs> for the race? Um, so the start is very important. It's one of the crucial parts of the race where you have to um, – really have a good sprint. It's like a max sprint from to the first corner, then the next corner, then the corner after that. So the first half lap of the race is probably like the most intense of the entire race. Um, and then it kind of, I don't want to say calms down, but you kind of settle into your pace and then you've, you fall into like race mode about, you know, where you can go hard, you know, thinking about strengths and weaknesses for the other riders, when to attack, you start thinking about, you know, how you can win the race, you know, you know, a couple laps in and then, I think the last lap is probably, it can be the fastest, hardest lap. Um, but even the final sprint probably isn't as fast as the start sprint is. Um, it's just cause everybody's trying to get to the front so you can avoid the traffic and the crashes. Um, and then just getting stuck behind slower riders. So that must mean that the warm up is like crucial. It's crucial. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I think for cross, I do, a more specific warm up than in any event that I do just because there's no, you, you can't like, 
ride into it. Like if your legs aren't warmed up at the start, you're not going to find your legs. <laughs> There's not enough time in the race to find your legs. Not like road racing or a crit where half an hour in, you can like, all right, I'm good to go. Uh, by that point, the race is over. Not over, but you don't have a lot of time left. Mm-hmm. Um, so I try to make sure I get a good warm up in. Um, I always find it funny, like when I race crits and I see teams just sitting in chairs waiting for the race start. And I was like, how do you guys not pedal at all before the start? <laughs> like, I could not do that. So I was always the person going to warm up and ride around and just watching everybody sitting in their chairs waiting for 10 minutes to call ups or whatever. Um, but that's not me. I need to, I need to move. And then when you have bikes in the pits, how many bikes are you, is there like a limit on how many bikes you're allowed to have in the pit or like how many bikes you're allowed to have on course that are dedicated to you? Um, I don't know if there's a, a rule, a limit, um, like a rule limit, but, um, most people just have usually two or three bikes in the, uh, I would say two max in the pit. Some mm-hmm. people just have one. Um, sometimes I have two, depending on the if the race is super muddy, I'll have two bikes in the pit. Um, but it's not abnormal to see two bikes in a set of wheels, um, depending on how much your mechanics can carry and how, how long the walk is from your mobile home to the pit. That's usually kind of <laughs> what keeps you from, uh, bringing too much stuff. Um, but yeah, so I, I, right now over here, I have four bikes. I'll have one that's set up as like a training bike. And then I've got two race bikes and one on the rollers for warm up. Hmm. Um, and then my, my warm up bike, Mark will throw on race wheels for it. So I'll have three bikes total. Um, but if it's a dry race where I, chance I won't need a bike change, he'll just take one bike to the pit and a set of wheels. And I'll just leave my rollers bike as a warm up bike with road wheels. Um, so I can come back to the mobile and cool down as soon as possible. How for like a race, like we had over the weekend, that was crazy muddy. How often do you go into the pits and switch bikes? Um, a super muddy race is probably every lap. Um, I've done races where I've had to pit every two laps or I mean, twice a lap. Um, it just depends on how bad the mud is. If the mud is sticking to the bike and making it heavy, you're going to pit more frequently. If it's the mud that kind of is like that wet mud that gets all over the bike, but your gears are still shifting and the bike's not getting heavy, then chances are you won't pit, but once. Um, so it all just depends. And then you also have to think about if you're losing time in the pit, it's, uh, so you, you want to kind of pay attention to what the riders around you are doing where, yeah, you might want a clean bike, but if nobody's pitting and it's a slow pit, you don't want to lose three seconds or five seconds taking a bike exchange when you don't necessarily need it. And then you just have to um, get that time back. So you kind of have to balance out between how much you need a bike change and how much time do you want to lose and what everybody else is doing. So, and if you really need one, um, but I kind of, I can usually tell on the pre-ride if I'm going to need a bike change or not. And I'll tell Mark that like, uh, yeah. Pre- do you before have like, the a, like yeah. a bird call <laughs> bird call? I'm coming into the pits. Woo woo woo. Just he wouldn't hear it, right? No, like- he just <laughs> no. That's true. He wouldn't hear it at all. Uh, no, he's just he's always ready for me. Yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah, he's always ready. Um, and that's most most uh, pit helpers will be ready for the ri- the rider to come in. Um, and then as soon as the rider comes in, the official blows a whistle, and so everybody else in the pit um knows what's going to happen. And so they'll get out of the way and a ride will come through. So it's all very organized. It may not seem organized from 
watching it on TV, but like <laughs> when you're actually going through the pit and working in the pit, um, there's, it's like organized chaos. So everybody knows what's going on. Everybody knows who's doing bike exchange. Um, it's actually works pretty efficiently. Um, even if it may not look like that on TV. When I was watching this weekend, I was asking Tom's if there was, if they use radios. Cause I was like, oh man, it'd be so easy if you could like radio the pit and be like, hey, I'm coming in. Or like mm-hmm. radio for like time checks and stuff like that. But I mean, it looks like you guys are going so hard for the whole race. Cause it's, yeah, like a series of mini sprints and the whole getting off the bike and running and stuff that you wouldn't be able to like really talk into a radio. <laughs> No, and you're not. You're going full gas. Like last thing you want to do is is say something when you're trying to catch your breath. Um, um, but yeah, so I I think you're actually allowed to use radios for cross. I don't even know because it's a rule that I I wouldn't even care to to use radio honestly. Um, but I'll communicate to Mark. Like if I'm riding by the pick, I'll yell something at him if I need something done on my bike. So when I come in by the pit the next time, that change is made. Like so for this weekend. Um, I didn't get my pedal tension right because I hadn't raced in the mud and the sand and I forgot I have to change my pedal tension over here. Um, and so I just yelled at him pedal tension. And of course he knew to make it a little bit lighter so I could unclip and clip in better. Um, and so I told him that first time by the pit, second by the pit, I just came in and grabbed a different bike, um, with the proper pedal tension. So just stuff like that, where, Early races, things that you forget, <laughs> um, especially racing in Europe is different than racing in the U.S., so my bike setup is slightly different. Um, and things, that I'll, I'll communicate those things to Mark, um, and he knows me well enough to make the changes or just watch me race and be able to make changes because he's watched me race before in a, like a muddy a muddy race where I'm making a lot of mistakes and he just knows that I have the wrong tire pressure. So he'll lower the tire pressure for me. And so I don't have to ask him. He can just see it on the TV that I'm balling things up and not riding smooth. And, um, he'll make some changes and I'll be grateful for it <laughs> when I come in to get the next bike. I've already, I've always known that tire pressure is a big deal, but I've never thought about pedal tension, which makes total sense now that you say it, because like, yeah, if it's a, dry race you obviously want it to be tighter but you still need to be able to clip out when you have to do all the silly running and stuff yep yes and like and being in Colorado when we only have dust we I mean I don't ride when it rains because there's no need to um I always have my pedals a little bit tighter just because I don't want to pull out of them but as soon as I get to Belgium you know I do one ride in the forest and I realize with the sand and the mud oh yeah I gotta fix my my pedal tension um and since the race is the first time I rode off road out here. I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> <It's> pesky details <laughs> that I should know, but totally forget about. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that one race in, uh, oh man, I feel like it was Castle Rock, maybe Colorado. It was the state championships uh-huh. and it snowed like three feet or something. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That was my second and last cross um, race. And even then, like, yeah, it's kind of a love hate. Like it really is. Like you really definitely have to enjoy those conditions and enjoy the uh, the technical bits and the cold bits and just kind of like there's miserable parts of it, but I find some fun in that misery. Um, maybe just the challenge of pushing myself in those conditions and keeping the bike upright. Yeah, because you've done you've done ev- like everything at this point, and cross is what you're sticking with. Cross is what I'm good at. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> 
<laughs> just to be perfectly honest there. Um, I was, I know I tried really hard to be a good track rider, good road rider, um, mountain bike, but honestly my body's built to race cross. That's what, um, I've got, that's my biggest strength and what I've most talent at. So, um, I just went with it and, you know, you have a tendency to like what you're good at. Um, mm-hmm. and cross is what I was good at. So, uh, I just also love riding in those conditions. I do love riding in the mud. I do like riding in snow and just slipping around and the balance on the bike. And like the fact that there's not as much tactics play into cross racing as, um, other kind of racing, um, like road or track. So cross just suited me the best. And although I love road track and mountain bike, uh, cross is still my favorite in in the years that you've been racing cross how much has changed in the cross scene because we've we're seeing road evolve kind of into this i don't know bigger thing than it was previously like more in the in the public eye there's women's racing has been huge before when we had like the women's tour de france and stuff back in the day but now there's more live coverage people are pushing for it to grow and we're kind of seeing mountain biking making a comeback cross country making a comeback so what have you seen as far as growth for cross since you've been racing i think it's similar for the cross bike too honestly i think with the uh Increased TV coverage, increased publicity. I know the UCI has been pushing hard to just get more women's bike racing on TV. Um, that's made a big, big push, I think, for Cross also to, to kind of be more in the public eye. Um, and then just the racing, just a dynamic. It's fun to watch. It's, you know, in the winter when there's not a lot else going on. So um, it's good for people with a t- a short attention spans as well. So there's only an hour. A yeah, focus required true. to watch it. Um, yeah, but it's definitely growing. Like, I mean, when I first raced over here, we used to race in the morning. Um, there wasn't any TV coverage and we, you know, barely got start money and it was, uh, you know, an afterthought to the men's race. Um, and then every year it's gotten a little bit better. And I think within the last two or three years and then every year since then, it's just growing bigger and bigger and just, uh, more respect for it, more money for it. Um, and also the racing is just getting faster and, and more exciting too, which is normal. If you, you support women's racing and you have advertising dollars and sponsorship dollars, you know, it just gets better. So, uh, I just see it continuing to grow and improve and it's never quick enough. I would love it to be equal with the men's race right now, but you know, nothing in Europe happens that quickly. So I think by the time I retire, it won't be there yet, but <laughs> maybe another 10 years from now, it'll be up to where even with the men's racing, <laughs> unfortunately it takes that long. Is, are there some women in the sport that are like really pushing it forward? I mean, like what kind of is awesome to me about cross at the moment is the Lucinda brand story. Who's decided, you know what? I'm going to focus on cross. I'm not going to race road anymore because there's really not that many, I mean, there's not that many men who race cross and road. Obviously, you've got the two, like, power couple over there. But then, like, on the women's side, (laughs) on the women's side, actually, pretty much everyone who races cross just does cross. Like, not a lot of them cross over to the road. No, and I, yeah, I mean, some of them do just for training. But the the hard part is uh, you have to find a team that can support you for both. 
And it's tough when you've got different sponsors, different bike sponsors, different main sponsors, different wheel sponsors. Like it's tough to go from bike to bike. So now we're getting to the point where certain riders have the same road team and they allows them to race cross or they're on the cross team and they can race on the road a bit. Um, I think that's probably the hardest part is just keeping the sponsors streamlined. Um, but also cross, you can make money between start money and prize money. Um, if you're good at it, you can make good money during the winter. I can carry you through the summer. You don't worry. You don't have to race road. Um, and mountain biking is probably similar too. when you're good at it and you're at the top of your sport, you actually make good enough money where you don't have to supplement your income with the other disciplines. Um, so I think that's also why people, if you're good at cross and you want to race cross, you have that opportunity to make enough money to pay your bills, um, which is nice. Whereas road, it's a little harder. Um, I mean, if you're at the, again, the top five or 10 women probably make good money, but after that it's, you're fighting tooth and nail for just food and keep a roof over your head. So it's a, uh, it's a little different, I think for sure money wise. Yeah. And I mean, you have, mm-hmm. I mean, you're kind of, in your own situation where you have your own team that's just you and you have Trek on board and you're able to, if you want race road for like guest ride for a team like you did with UHC when, when we met, but yeah. And that is good. And, um, that's been great. And like, for me, I've been able to guest ride on teams that allow me to ride Trek. And so that's one thing that I come, if, if anybody asks me to guest ride, it's like, well, I have to ride my equipment. Otherwise, it's not going to happen. And uh, that's been good for me, but not everybody can get away with it. Like, it works for me because I've won a bunch of races on the cross bike and, you know, Trek pays my bills. So, um, yeah, <laughs> it works for me. And for road is one of those I can take it or leave it. Um, so the, the, the times I've been able to guest ride, it's been awesome and a wonderful experience. Um, but I don't think I'd want to commit to a road team for a full season, to be perfectly honest. Um I don't like road racing that much. It's fair. (laughs) So like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's fun to do races here and there as like at my choosing and with a fun team. Um, But I don't know if I want to commit to any more than that. Yeah. Look, Um, you do the best part, the best kind of road racing and that's criteriums. So exactly. Yeah. And that's so fun. Like when I guess rode with UHC, I mean, that was such a fun group. I had a blast. And it's fun racing with a team who wins. I mean, you're leading out Corinne. I mean, good shot, you're going to win. So, um, yeah, I had a great experience with that. That was a good year, um, too. That was a good year, wasn't it? That good was so year. fun. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Yes. That was fun. Um, and I, yeah, so unless I have those kind of experiences, I'm not going to seek out road racing. <laughs> <laughs> but the team makes a big difference. Like, you've got a great group of women that keep it fun, like, that year in UHC it's easy but if you don't get along with each other and it's a tough one and you're not riding well or the 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 plan's not going to or not executing the plan well it's it's not as much fun no it's definitely not and I guess on when you race cross especially when when you're you are your own team and you don't have I mean of course you have people to answer to right but for the most part like you get to pick your schedule if you're not feeling it maybe you do you get to skip a race maybe and and come back the next week stronger how much say do you have in like which races you do I have pretty much 100% decision on that um I also I mean I talked to my sponsors uh, usually in the early in the season, just to see if there's any races they want me to be at. 
Um, and sometimes they're like, yeah, we want you to hit these two. Um, like for this year, I asked Trek if, uh, if nationals wasn't going to be canceled, do they want me to do it? Um, because it's like, I have my idea and I want to see what their opinion was. Um, and we are on the same page with that. So it didn't matter. But, uh, I do, I, I, I go run up by the sponsors, make sure there's, there's nothing I'm missing, but it's other than that, it's, it's kind of up to me. And I kind of hit races that fit into my schedule, like travel wise, that's the, the best, the most efficient way. Um, and then I look at start contracts to see if, it, if the race is worth it and if I like the race. So, um, there's, there's a few factors in it, but yeah, if I'm feeling bad, I'm not, not riding so great. I'll just skip a weekend. Um, and the older I get, the more I'm, I'm trying to really listen to my body and be like, you know what? <laughs> I am just too tired. I need some recovery and, uh, hopefully I'll come back better the next week. When you, you've obviously, you've been racing for a while at this point. How much have yeah. you kind of tweaked your preparation as the years have gone on? Are you, have you found like some things that really work for you and like some things you tried and it was maybe not a great call and, and you've changed your routine over the years. What, how, how have you kind of adapted? Yeah, honestly, I change it every season. Um, just trying to figure out a way to be faster <laughs> or as I get older, not to get slower, um, or just maintain. Uh, it's tough. I have to say, uh, I have to work on my speed. So last couple years, um, I know my start and my speed has been the hardest part for me. So I've definitely had to work on that. Um, and then just constantly working on the skills too, just making sure that's smooth and just remembering how to, how to ride a bike quickly through like ruts and such. Um, but a lot of it is I need more recovery. Um, I definitely have to be careful with, uh, how much quality and quantity of training I do. So, um, I might do a little bit less, uh, quantity, but the quality's there. Um, and I just really focus on eating well, sleeping well, um, trying to recover as best I can. Um, and so that's kind of where I am now. It's like work on the speed, pick and choose the days I can go hard and make sure I have enough recovery. Um, uh, that, that usually makes me the ride the best. What is your, what is your season kind of breakdown into? Because the road season is a lot longer than the, the reason I'm comparing it to road all the time is because we usually only talk about road. This is my cyclocross for dummies <laughs> episode <laughs> where I get, get explained to I find yeah. some more fans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So <laughs> when you break down your training for the year, how does it usually go? Cause the season is a little bit shorter, but the races are harder, but shorter. So do you have to do like on the roadside, they have that whole like long, slow distance chunk of time and then they do like weight training. Do you kind of do something mm -hmm. similar? Or is it completely different because the style is so different? It's different than road riding for sure. Road racing. Um, and my training is a little bit different just because with my genetic issues and my muscle issues and I don't necessarily uh, adapt and recover like typical athletes do. So I got to be careful about how much. I do a total training. Um, and I don't lift weights because I put on muscle mass real quick and I don't want to lose it. Um, I've lifted weights in the past and I just, I just put on too much muscle weight. So I stopped doing that. Um, I've, I've spent a lot of time running in seasons past. It just makes me slower on the bike. So I'm like, okay, stop running. Um, I do enough running on and off the bike and running with the bike in training, but I don't actually do specific running just cause I figured I found out it made me slower. Um, but for the P 
periodization, I think, for cross. Um, my off season is like half of February, um, March, and like early April. So when all the road riders are getting fit and doing intervals and getting fast um, and prep for their season, I'm like in like the slow down ski mode. Um, <laughs> the best. And mode. then I'll, yeah. And then I'll, yeah. So it's different. And then I do my base miles and training in the summer, which is pretty great. So like, uh, May, June, July, that's when I probably do the most of my training. And then coming into the season, so cross it's short, but it's intense. So if we start racing in the U S I think the first race is usually September one. If, if it's, uh, not earlier than that. And then through February and it's intense to the point where if you come in with too much intensity and too many VO twos and sprints, in your system before the season, you just add another month or two of intensity onto a six month intense race season. So you have to be careful about coming into the season too hot, but you need to come in with enough fitness where you're not like way behind the ball. Um, so you have to balance that out. Um, one way, like I, I compare it to like road racing is cross racing. If you're racing twice a weekend, every weekend, from I'd say September through early February, it's like doing a 40 K time trial every Saturday and Sunday, the whole winter. <laughs> so yeah. So like, yeah, you put in those, in that context, you're like, Oh, that's the intensity you're doing. And it's, it's hard. And so you're pretty much tapped out by the end of the, you know, by time worlds comes. Um, and you have to manage that doing it in crappy conditions and training and racing in cold weather. So we might have a shorter season, but uh, mentally and physically, it can be quite a bit more intense. Um, and so you just have to make sure you recover from that, like mentally, physically, your adrenals are taxed, your cortisol levels are up. Like you're definitely by the end of the season, you've had enough intensity. <laughs> like I come home and I, I almost spend like three weeks on the couch trying to catch my breath. Yeah. I'm just like, I am so tired from all of it that I it's week after week and I'm like, I need to do something, but I just can't stop watching Netflix. And, uh, I just sit there and feel guilty about not doing anything, but yet I have no energy to do anything. So it's, it's, it's a tough time of year for sure. Um, but you have to give your body that time to rest and recover. Otherwise you'll just, uh, you just get too tired year after year after year and get slower. During the, during the season when you're racing every weekend, what's your kind of go-to unwind? Um, honestly, I like funny TV shows. Uh, so I generally watch, um, we've been watching a lot of Hulu lately, but lately, um, I've been watching 30 rock reruns. I love love Tina Fey and then I love her. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And then a lot of, uh, uh, just anything funny on Hulu. Nice. Um, I, we started watching, uh, Saturday night live again. So last couple seasons, Saturday night live, which has been hilarious. Um, so I, I go to anything that's funny, any show that like, or like, or criminal minds, um, mm. on Netflix, mm-hmm. like, uh, kind of murder cop shows. I like those two. So usually I go to some sort of TV shows to wind down for sure. Um, that way I don't really have to focus. I don't have to pay attention. I can kind of relax. Um, reading is also good, but reading, I have a tendency to read stuff to, educate myself. So it requires focus. <laughs> and I don't always want to do that. <laughs> totally fair. I highly so, recommend like yeah. some of the some of the British murder mysteries that are comedies at the same time. There's some good ones. Yes. 
Yes, I'm pretty sure I've watched some of those too, like Sherlock. Um, there's quite a few actually I've watched. I just can't remember them. So good. They, they come and go, and I, yeah, yeah. So no, I like. I think was it Broadchurch or oh, there's I a love couple Broadchurch. of them that was, that really, was good. really good. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. recently got into one that's called Grandchester. That's about like there's like a murderer and the the investigator is like working with the. Uh, priest in town and he's like the priest is like mega hot <laughs> and like everyone will tell him anything <laughs> because he's just like gorgeous oh that's hilarious and then they become best <laughs> friends and like it's just the best show ever highly recommend <laughs> okay I'll, yeah i'll have to look for that one um but yeah it's like shows like that where i'll get hooked on them um but the seasons usually go too quickly like i also loved um i'm sorry it's an andrea savage it's on netflix and I've watched that, I think. that She only did two seasons, and it's a hilarious show. I love Andrew Savage. She's so funny. Um, but I, I think I've, I've already rewatched it three times. So I was like, <laughs> I think I need to find something else. <laughs> so my final yeah. cross question, and I'll let you go, is what race are you really going to miss in the U.S. this year? Um, I miss the Cincy races. Um, and the ones in Ohio, usually over Halloween weekend, um, they've been in years past, been like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday race weekend or just Saturday, Sunday. But, um, the Cincinnati races, they're definitely my favorite. It just, it's a great time of year. It's beautiful there. Um, we get to see some good friends when we're there. Uh, and I just really like the race atmosphere and the fact that the courses are very different cross courses. So I think, uh, that would be the ones I'd miss the most, but I just miss the whole American cross season. I think we're all kind of feel sad that we're not going to see each other and get to race, uh, every weekend for, you know, six weeks in a row. So hopefully things will be back to normal or some, some semblance of normal for, Man. um, next year. But if I had a dollar for every time we all want I to race that to myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, yeah, I'm hopeful maybe the vaccine will be like there and ready to use for the regular population. I don't know, but I really hope we can um, kind of just see some normalcy again and race bites because I think we're all getting tired of having to deal with the pandemic. I think everyone's worldwide is ready for it to be done. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, Katie, sure. thank you so much for chatting with me. It was it was awesome to catch up with you and, and good luck with the season. Yeah. Thank you. It's great talking to you too. It's been a while. <laughs>